Welcome to Capital Link's company presentation series. Welcome to Capital Link's company presentation webinar series. In this series, senior management of listed shipping companies provide an update on their operations, business development, strategy, and sector outlook. I am Nicholas Bernoulli, president of Capital Link. Capital Link is an investor relations firm and also we're active in event and conference organization. We work with several private and publicly listed companies, including companies featured in this webinar series. I, as noted in our disclaimer, these presentations are purely for informational and educational purposes. They do not constitute investment advice or advice of any kind, and Capital Link bears no responsibility for them. Today, we have the privilege to have with us Synergy Maritime Holdings. We have the CEO, Mr. Stamatis Chandanis. We have Mr. Stavros Giftaikis, the CFO, and, Ms. and Dr. Christo Sigalas, finance manager. And uh, Capital Link uh, uh, is the investor relations advisor to uh, Synergy Maritime Holdings. Uh, the whole session will last for 45 minutes. Uh, we start with uh, a brief slide presentation by management followed by a live Q&A session. Please, you can submit your questions uh, at, through the Q&A function at the bottom of your screen. Uh, and those questions will be uh, answered in the Q&A uh, session. Alternatively, you can email them to us at webinars at capitallink.com or questions at capitallink.com. Thank you for joining us. I'm turning it over to uh, the CEO, the CFO and uh, Dr. Stigalas. Thank you, Nicholas. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. Uh, all the best for 2022 to you and uh, your families. I want to congratulate uh, Capital Link for organizing uh, this series of events. I think that uh, it's a great opportunity for the companies not just to do their corporate uh, presentations, but also to try and inform and educate, like Nicholas very well said, about the prospects of um, the sector and the companies uh, themselves. So uh, that being said, um, I will go through very quickly some slides um, about uh, Synergy. And then at the end, we will be taking questions. Uh, before we start, uh, I am proud to be joined today by our CFO, Mr. Stavros Giftakis, and our finance manager, Dr. Christos Sigalas. They will be here and they will be answering questions uh, as well. So let me start with the presentation of the company. Okay, so this is the cover of the presentation. I'm just gonna move straight to the introduction. So Synergy Maritime Holdings is the only US listed shipping company with a pure play Cape size fleet. We are listed on the NASDAQ stock exchange since 2008, and our ticker is SHIP. We have a very modern and high quality fleet of only Cape size vessels, a very experienced uh, management team, solid corporate governance, long-standing commercial relationships and partnerships with some of the world's largest uh, dry bulk charters, a very fundamental focus uh, and investment on ESG, all of our fleet is employed on period charters, and we have the lowest asset acquisition cost among our peers, which means that we have bought our ships cheaper than most of our 
competition. This is a short infographic about Synergy that you can uh, see on our website and we will be going through very quickly all these main points of the infographic in this presentation right now. First of all, this is the fleet list of the company. As you can see here, we have a very uh, homogeneous fleet of 17 Cape size vessels. Our total cargo uh, carrying capacity is 3 million deadweight tons and the average age of the fleet is 11.7 years. As we mentioned before, all of our fleet operates on period time charters, most of them uh, index link and we have two uh, fixed rates as well. And all the vessels have been built either in Japan or South Korea in some of the world's renowned shipyards. A brief history of the company since 2015. Uh, the company Synergy relaunched its operations in 2015 after uh, we have sold um, all of our previous fleet. Uh, so through the years uh, between 2015 and 2020, we have grown into one of the world's largest independent Cape size owners and operators. Um, I will now focus on the highlights of the last two years that we think are very significant. Uh, we have raised a substantial amount of equity from the capital markets, and we have used this capital uh, to grow our fleet significantly. So we grew our fleet about 70% in the last year. And at the same time, by successful refinancings and debt repayments, we have reduced our corporate leverage also a lot. At the same time, we have fixed all of our ships into period time charters with some of the world's biggest names. And we have initiated a buyback plan uh, and we're actually planning to uh, initiate some additional shareholder reward measures in the near future. Most importantly, in 2021, Synergy was awarded by Lloyd's List, one of the world's most known um, publications, the word of the dry bulk uh, company of the year. And we have the word uh, here uh, with us. Moving on to the next slide. A few words about ourselves. I have more than 23 years experience in shipping and capital markets, and I have been leading Synergy since 2012, so 10 years now. Uh, as I mentioned before, we have raised significant amount of equity and considerable amounts of debt. Stavros is our CFO. Uh, Stavros has been uh, an executive of um, DVB Bank for more than 10 years, and he has been with the company for years now. He has been instrumental in these capital raises we have done so far, and all these refinancings that the company did the last years. Uh, we have also a very experienced uh, management, uh, sorry, board of directors. All of them, uh, the four of, out of five are independent, non-executive, and we have an aggregate of more than a hundred years of relevant shipping experience uh, among the board. A few words about our ESG commitment. Uh, one of the differentiating factors of synergy from our peers is that not only we say that we are committed on ESG, but we have actually done a lot of things since 2015. And we have been pioneers in uh, not only remote performance monitoring systems, but also, also in the installation of artificial intelligence uh, on board the vessels. Uh, at the same time, in cooperation and partnership with uh, our charters, uh, we have installed energy saving devices 
uh, on a number of our vessels. And our plan is to continue installing energy saving devices uh, on all the ships that will be undergoing uh, special surveys this year. Uh, the reason why we're doing that is uh, basically we want to help the environment and we have been uh, tangible uh, in the way that uh, we have contributed in this field. Um, so we have proven to have reduced our emissions and our fuel consumption. And until we wait for um, what's going to be the vessel of the year and what the future will bring in marine propulsion and uh, various other uh, fuel types, we have decided to act now, well, by now I mean since years now, uh, in improving um, the fleet efficiency uh, in, in a very uh, tangible way, as I mentioned before. We have been also very active in both social and corporate governance. We have no related part in commercial and technical management, so there's no side business associated with the real operations of the ship. Um, we have very uh, strong independence on our board, and as far as our crew and our human resources are concerned, we are very um, committed in improving the quality of life. And we have signed into a various um, associations globally for the improvement of uh, the quality of life of our seafarers. I would like to briefly discuss about our commercial partnerships. Synergy is not only a shipping company where we have uh, charters and time charter agreements, but in most of the cases, our vessels operate in long-term partnerships with some of the world's biggest names that you see here. And when I say partnership, I mean partnerships, I mean uh, agreements where they also invest and we co-invest on board the ships for energy saving devices, for scrubbers, uh, and a number of other uh, ideas uh, that we believe are improving the efficiency and the economic value of the ship. Um, at the same time, we share the risk and the benefit with them, uh, which I think that if all the stakeholders of the industry are sharing their ideas uh, on in improving uh, the uh, fuel efficiency and the uh, ship's uh, design as much as we can, um, this is going to add a lot of value uh, in the industry uh, for the next uh, few years. So as you can see here, we have these strong partnerships with some of the world's conglomerates and big names. So we are very proud to have achieved that. A few words about our financing. I will now pass the microphone to our CFO, uh, Stavros Giftakis, and he will discuss very briefly about the financing arrangements of the company, as well as a brief uh, discussion of our financials. There you go, Stavros. Thank you, Samati. Hi, everyone, and thank you very much for following our presentation this morning. Uh, a few words about our financings. I mean, uh, you can see a diverse group of lenders comprising of uh, traditional uh, shipping banks, uh, Asian uh, lessors, uh, and uh, a, finance, a couple of financings that we have done with one of our charters, Cargill, uh, all our lenders are committed to the industry and committed in supporting uh, Synergy for the years to come. Uh, as you see, I mean, it's in total 11 loan facilities which are secured by 16 of our vessels. Our latest acquisition, the Duke ship, remains currently unencumbered. Uh, we have completed around 150 million in refinancings and new financings in the last year, 
uh, with the sole aim to improve the capital structure and to reduce the cost of the interest cost of our company. Having said that, a, a very important element is that we have only in the last two months uh, repaid around repurchased around 19 million of our previously outstanding convertible notes and we are actively looking to do more uh, to improve on the capital structure and to reduce the interest cost as matters stand now uh, actually as, uh, as per the, the end of, of 2021 we have 217 million in secured uh, vessel secured financings uh, following the recent prepayment that we announced actually yesterday uh, on some of our converts, we have only 16.2 million in convertible notes outstanding. I remind you uh, that uh, a year ago, this figure was 38.7 million. So from 38.7 million, we, have, we are currently down to 16. Uh, and we have only 1.8 million in junior debt, which a year ago was 24 million. Uh, so summarizing all that, I mean, we have around 235 million in debt. Our current cash is around 45, million, 45 to 50 million. So net debt is around 190 million. And based on the recent valuations that we got uh, from SSY for our fleet, uh, our fleet uh, is valued at around 520 million right now, uh, which means that our, the corporate gearings of, of synergy is currently below 40%. A very interesting data point is also that all our debt is currently covered by the steel, the scrap value of our fleet. So many companies um, claim nowadays that they have low leverage, but the fact that all our debt is covered by the scrap value of our fleet, whereas our fleet is only 11 years old on average, says it all. Now going to the next slide, is, is, it's maybe interesting. Uh, to see our debt situation on, on a historical perspective. Uh, the first graph uh, on, on, on the left side, I mean, the fleet development, we have increased our, our, our fleet by, in terms of dead weight, by 62% uh, in the last year. And maybe then it's interesting to look at the graph uh, at the right bottom uh, of the slide, uh, whereby it's evident that Synergy has the lowest, as Tamati said before, the lowest acquisition cost, the lowest book value per dead weight compared to all its listed peers. Uh, going to the second graph, the corporate leverage uh, evolution, uh, we see again the tremendous uh, job that uh, ha ha has been completed over the last uh, couple of years in Synergy from a gearing of more than 100%. We are nowadays at around 40%. And uh, equally, I mean, the debt per vessel has reduced uh, from over 20 million uh, per vessel to below 13 or 12 million per vessel, whereas junior debt and convertible notes on a per ship basis have been almost eliminated nowadays. Uh, going to the next slide. Um, uh, a few words, I mean, the company's capitalization is uh, increasing uh, through uh, the recent strong results and the equity raisings that Stamatis discussed before. At the same time, uh, on, on, on the left side, I mean, we see our share price, which is around uh, 90, to, 90 to 92 cents now, nowadays. 
resulting in a, in a market cap of 160 million. As discussed before, based on a net debt figure of around 190 million and fleet value in excess of 500 million, it is evident that the share price is uh, that we're trading at a large discount compared to our NAV per share. I mean, the, the fair value of the company uh, should be at least double of, 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 what, of where it is today. Lastly, uh, on the next slide, uh, a summary of uh, our, uh, our results for the third quarter, since the fourth quarter has not been published yet. I will not bore you with details. I mean, what's interesting to see in this slide is that an increase of our time charter equivalent of around 90% has resulted of, uh, in an increase of our EBITDA to 137% and to an astonishing increase in the net income by 460%. Uh, this evidences the operating leverage of the company and how the strong cash flow and the strong results that Synergy can achieve in these improving market conditions. Having said that, I will pass uh, the presentation back to Stamatis to discuss a bit our market and conclude with his remarks. Thank you, Stavro. I will very briefly go through the uh, industry fundamentals right now. I'm pretty sure that uh, you have been reading and receiving a lot of information about the market fundamentals. Uh, especially on the drive outside. Uh, I will try to be very brief and concise in what we believe to be a historical opportunity uh, in respect of demand and supply fundamentals. Uh, there are two elements here that we believe are very, very important. Number one is on the demand side. We have the very strong government stimulus packages globally that have created big infrastructure drive. As you know, now in the United States, there's gonna be a massive infrastructure investment in the region of hundreds of billions of dollars. And at the same time, the same is happening uh, in the rest of the world, like Africa, like Asia, um, in the Far East, like in a number of places where there's a massive infrastructure drive. However, the strong opportunity, uh, the strong historical opportunity uh, right now is not only coming from the demand, but it's also coming from the supply of ships. Right now, the new building uh, order book of the fleet on the Capes is about 1% for 2022. So we are at the lowest new building order book of the last 20 years. And that's very, very significant because there's no uh, expected influx of ships uh, to be adding to the supply. And the reason why this is happening is that the upcoming environmental regulations will have two uh, very significant positive developments um, for the market. Number one is that they create uncertainty about the vessel of tomorrow. So nobody knows what the vessel of 2030 and onwards is gonna look like. So uh, there is a reluctance in building new ships as to, um, because we don't really know what is going to be the prevailing technology going forward. And nobody wants to pay $60 million plus to build a ship that might be uh, not necessarily redundant, but pretty much obsolete in 10 or 15 years, where at the same time it has a useful life of 20 and 25. So it doesn't make economic and technological sense. At the same time, from the 1st of January, 2023, 
which is effectively in the beginning of the year, next year, we will have the implementation of the new EEXI and the CII new rules because everybody is expecting that the uh, global CO2 emissions of the, uh, of the fleet will be reduced by approximately 40% on uh, 2030, which means that progressively from 2023 and every year, there's gonna be an annual continuous reduction of the emissions. And the only way that this is gonna happen as it has been determined by the rules is by slowing down the fleet. By slowing down the fleet, it's more than obvious uh, and self-evident that you create a very substantial uh, supply squeeze. There's not going to be enough ships to transport the incremental demand of uh, iron ore and coal. So we are in this unique and historical uh, important uh, turning point right now where I haven't seen it for the last at least 20 years, where you cannot really go out and order additional ships um, and add to the supply of the existing and the existing fleet due to the regulations is going to have to slow down. So within a year, we will have the beginning of a very um, progressive fleet reduction, uh, effective fleet reduction by the slowing down of the fleet. And that is going to create what we believe to be a very unique opportunity um, to invest in the Cape size and dry bulk and generally in shipping. Um, a few words about uh, the cyclicality, which uh, everybody knows that the cyclicality of um, dry bulk is tremendous. Um, we are now in what appears to be a very solid path of recovery. The historical average, uh, the 20 year historical average is $27,500 a day. Uh, we uh, passed that average in 2021 and we expect that the next few years, uh, the next few years, we will see reverting back to the historical average. So after having gone through five very, very difficult years in respect of supply and demand and low um, market rates, we're now in the beginning um, of a cycle that is gonna be very beneficial, very beneficial and very profitable uh, for the shipping companies and the dry bulk companies in particular. And uh, let me remind you that um, the commodities that we transport, the raw materials, are not gonna go obsolete anytime soon. Um, what we transport as a Cape size company is iron ore and steel and coal um, and the bauxite, which is super necessary for the global infrastructure drive uh, for the foreseeable future. So unless anybody believes that there's gonna be a global stop in infrastructure investment, which nobody says that uh, this is ever gonna happen anytime soon, uh, we will continue to have a very strong demand uh, in the raw materials that we're transporting, as well as, of course, the increased energy needs uh, of the world, which will not be covered by oil, um, which we all know uh, is going to have a downward uh, course in the next few years. So having said all that, I would like to thank you for attending today's uh, webinar. And I will turn the floor now to the questions, which uh, from what I see, some of them have already been sent and we will try and address uh, this question. So the first uh, quick question, a quick answer I wanna to give to one of the questions is, I have a question that uh, whether we foresee any need to raise capital uh, by equity raises this year. And the answer is no, we do not foresee any need to raise any equity uh, within the year. There's certainly no need. 
and we don't really expect for the company to raise any equity this year. We don't have any need to do that. Um, another question that we have here, which I think is also very important, is that what differentiates Synergy uh, from peers uh, and why would an investor choose Synergy over one of the largest, larger listed peers? That's actually a great question. I mean, what differentiates Synergy is the fact that we have been committed uh, in a sector, which is the Cape sizes, that we think has the best fundamentals across the board, uh, not necessarily in 21 and 22, but going forward, we strongly believe that we have the best fundamentals right now. Um, and the partnerships that we have developed with the global charters will also pay um, very strong returns to our shareholders. Most importantly, it's the opportunity. Synergy is right now in our opinion, and my very strong opinion, the best investment opportunity right now, because we are trading at a big discount to our current value and a big discount to our future value. So, you know, we, we, we strongly believe that we represent great opportunity. Cash flow is super strong. Um, we are very undervalued as far as the uh, real value of the company is concerned. And I think that this represents a huge uh, benefit and advantage as compared to our peers together, of course, with all the other qualitative factors that I mentioned right now. Um, I see now another question that I would like to pass it to Stavros. And that question says, cash flow looks strong. How are you thinking to allocate your capital? New acquisitions, pay down debt, buybacks, distributions. So I will now pass this question to Stavros to address it. Thank you so much. It's also a very good question. Um, I mean, on, on new acquisitions, uh, we have uh, discussed this. We have had a number of internal discussions on this matter. Uh, we are happy with the size and the mix of our fleet. Uh, we have not only increased our fleet, uh, but we have also uh, upgraded the fleet from a qualitative perspective, uh, buying a number of Japanese ships that are very efficient uh, and, and very good performers. Uh, so as matters stand now, I mean, we are happy with the fleet. Uh, we don't uh, anticipate a huge increase in the fleet side like the one that we achieved in 2021 of, of 70%. Looking at opportunities here and there, we are in the market. We're looking at opportunities. If we see that the price is right, we might go for one or two more ships uh, as means to replace some older units that we have uh, in our fleet. Uh, most importantly, I mean, we think that uh, we will allocate some capital on uh, capital expenditures to make our, our, our uh, to, to ensure that our vessels will comply with the upcoming environmental regulations without compromising on, on, on their competitiveness and, and, on, and on their speed. Um, now, paying down debt sounds nice but as discussed before our gearing is at very good levels all our debt is covered by the scrap value of of, of our ship so we wouldn't uh, pursue aggressive reduction of our debt levels we think that these are uh, at, at, at a very good uh, level uh, buybacks versus dividends uh, as Tamati said a number of times, I mean, we are we are trading at a discount. Not only com uh, not only our current uh, share price is at a discount compared to our fair value, but also the exercise price of the convertibles uh, is at a discount. 
uh, to our fair value. So actually, I mean, I wouldn't exclude uh, buying back more of the convertibles as means to clean up the capital structure before starting with dividend distributions. I don't think that any shareholder would be happy if we announce a dividend distribution, then the share price goes up, the convertibles get converted, and then there are more takers for the dividend. Having said, uh, having said that, dividends are still, I mean, something that we would be looking to do imminently. Okay. Thank you, Stavro. <clears throat> uh, an excellent question right now. How do you expect the new environment, environmental rules to affect the shipping industry and specifically the dry bulk industry? So I would like to pass this uh, question to Dr. Christos and he can you know, give us our, uh, his insight about that. Thank you, Stamatis. Uh, good morning from my side. Uh, this is actually a very intriguing question because it lies uh, at the root of uh, the uh, improved uh, freight market fundamentals. And uh, let's take things from the beginning. Uh, the IMO greenhouse gas strategy dictates that uh, uh, in about eight years, the vessel should reduce the CO2 emissions by 40%, as Stamatis mentioned. Uh, the technology for new building vessels to comply with these stricter regulations simply does not exist. Therefore, there's no rational ship owner that would place any order uh, to, build new, to build new vessels right now. We don't know what will happen in the next uh, two, three years, but currently it doesn't make any sense. At the same time, scrapping activity will continue uh, because uh, the vessels, as a significant part of the existing fleet, will reach uh, towards the end of its useful life by 2030. And uh, for the existing vessels, uh, in order to comply with uh, the IMO greenhouse gas strategy, they have to reduce their speed. There's no other way. Of course, there are some, uh, some incremental improvements that can be made in terms of uh, defouling, uh, paints, etc. And actually, Synergy is a pioneer company towards this end. Uh, but these incrementals on their own can, are not sufficient to meet these uh, requirements, these uh, emissions. Uh, therefore, there is only one way, and this way is to reduce the speed. Of course, less speed means that the vessel can perform less voyages per year. Therefore, the combining effect of the suppressed uh, order book, uh, continuation of uh, scrapping activity, and of course, um, slow steaming effect will reduce the supply of tonnage. And of course, <clears throat> this will decrease uh, the supply chain curve. The curve will be moved to, to the left. And of course, so there is paribus, that is, if we don't assume any uh, change in the demand, although we strongly believe that the, the global economy will continue to grow. And of course, uh, the, the need for and the demand for seaboard transportation will continue to increase. But for argument's sake, let us, let's assume that the demand will be more or less the same. Uh, the new equilibrium point will correspond to higher charter rates. And of course, uh, this will be uh, very uh, to the benefit of shipping companies like ourselves in terms of performance and profitability, especially companies like Synergy that have, as Stavros mentioned, uh, enjoy a high uh, operating leverage. And just to give you a very quick example, our time charter equivalent in the third quarter of 2021 increased by 50% compared to the second quarter, the previous quarter of 2021. Whereas for the same period, the, the profitability increased by more than 900%. 
This is just, you know, uh, an evidence of our operating leverage. Therefore, to sum up, uh, we strongly believe that IMO uh, greenhouse gas strategy will have a significant and positive impact on the of performance and financial profitability of the companies. Therefore, the next cycle, we believe will be more supply driven rather than demand driven of the previous one. Thank you. Thank you, Christos. That, um, that goes back to my point about a unique historical opportunity right now, which we have not really seen uh, for the last 20 years. So that's why we think that uh, the supply driven market of the next few years will create a tremendous opportunity uh, for investments. Um, I, I would like to ask uh, to answer very uh, quickly a couple of uh, questions before we expand on other ones. <clears throat> the next one is, uh, what is the sensitivity for every thousand uh, dollars change in time charter? What does it mean for revenue? Um, I'm not going to give you the sensitivity on the revenues, but I'm going to give you the sensitivity on EBITDA. What we anticipate our EBITDA for 2022 to be uh, at the current FFA rate, that is in excess of uh, $90 million, 90, uh, maybe 95, we don't know, that's, that's an estimate. So for every $1,000, about, uh, I would say, $4 million of EBITDA for every $1,000 up or down on the rate. So it's, it's a very significant and we have a very strong operating leverage uh, in the company. Um, the next question is why um, the healthiness uh, <laughs> described uh, in our financials is not reflected on the stock price. That's something that we're working very hard and we're taking all the measures. We have initiated the stock buyback, uh, sorry, a, a buyback plan, which we have done about $21 million until now. And we intend to continue on a, you know, on a base to do that. And we're also considering uh, and that is going to answer another question as well. We're also considering initiating um, additional shareholder reward plans in 2022 very soon. So, you know, this is something that we expect is going to happen um, uh, quite, quite imminently. Um, about the stock being trading above, below $1, uh, and whether we will be needing to do a reverse stock split? The answer is no. As you know, we have six plus six months, so we have about a year to rectify that. The previous time we fell below a dollar, we didn't need to do that. The stock traded from about 40 cents up to two and a half dollars. So <clears throat> we feel that sooner rather than later, the true value of the company is going to be reflected in the, uh, in the stock price. Um, the other question is about Supras and Camsar Maxis, which I don't think it's quite uh, relevant. Uh, a question about um, the TC rate estimate for Q4 2021. We are actually considering um, to issue a guidance about that um, early next week uh, to give you a bit of an idea because we are actually we have actually performed far superior than the current market conditions. So we'll let Stavros discuss a little bit about that. And again, the question is, uh, if we have a TCE rate estimate for 2021, the Q4, and um, in Q1, how much cover we have achieved in the first quarter of 2022, given the recent drop in the rate. So Stavros, you want to take this? Thank you, Stavros. Uh, yes, I mean, the actual performance of the company is 
in line with the previously provided guidance and maybe a bit better. So we uh, had uh, guided at around 35,000. The market performed in line with our expectations. So I think we have overperformed our previous guidance by uh, by $500 or by $1,000 or so, but we will update on, on that. I mean, our investors uh, in the next week. Uh, now, on the first quarter of 2022, we have six vessels on uh, fixed rates at an average of around 28,000. Uh, so if the market remains at the current at current levels until the end of the quarter, so around uh, at around 10,000, we expect uh, that uh, our, our overall PC will be around 17, 17 and a half thousand. Uh, but uh, of course, I mean, we, ex we anticipate the market to improve after Chinese New Year's uh, and, and after the, the Winter Olympics in China are, are over. And uh, as such, I mean, we expect that the actual TC of the company will be closer to 20,000 for this quarter. Yes, yes. So um, moving on to the next question is what is causing the recent declines in Cape size rates and whether that has led to more opportunities to buy ships at lower prices? Uh, I will start with the second part of the question. The answer is that we do not intend to do any additional purchases in the near future. Uh, and there are not really so many opportunities <laughs> available, but we will be focusing absorbing the growth that we have done in 2021. So that's going to be the biggest focus right now. And again, reward our shareholders as much as we can. So um, what has caused the recent declines in Cape size rates is as we all know, it's seasonal. Uh, the first quarter of the year is usually and historically the lowest and weakest um, uh, period of the year. So, uh, and that is in line with uh, the previous years as well. On top of that, we have had very uh, much flooding in Brazil, which is uh, one of the biggest drivers of the ton mile demand for iron ore. Um, however, both Vale and the other producers have reiterated their guidance uh, for 2022, despite the fact that we have had a drop in exports in the first quarter, which means that as we have seen in the previous years, we expect all this uh, decreased export of Q1 to be compensated from Q2 and onward. So, what we're seeing now is a lower market environment in the, the first quarter will be compensated by much stronger uh, export uh, of cargoes uh, from Q2 onwards as it happened last year and in some years uh, before. So we see that uh, reversing very, time, very, very soon. Let us not forget that right now the market is trading at about 10% of its peak in last October. So, you know, we, we saw a high of $80,000 uh, in October of 2021. And right now we're trading at $8,000 a day. So that goes back to the point about the volatility of the industry. However, like uh, my colleague Stavros said before, the company has been quite well hedged for Q1, uh, thanks to our the good choices that we did in Q3 and Q4 last year. So we will go through this storm in the lower market and we hope to be, and we are uh, in an excellent position to take advantage of what not only the futures, but also the market implies for the remaining of the year. So I think that overall, 
our financial performance and our operating performance in 2022 will continue to be superior. The next, the next question is uh, about scrubbers, whether we intend to install additional scrubbers. The answer is no, we do not intend to install additional scrubbers on border ships, but we have taken a decision to install energy saving devices, uh, both independently and in cooperation with the charter. So this is happening uh, in 2022 and onwards in whatever ship goes through um, dry dock um, uh, dry dock within the year. Uh, the other question is what is the cash flow break-even of the company? That's a great question. Uh, we have reduced our cash flow break-even significantly. We had a cash flow break-even of $18,000-$19,000 in the previous years. Now we have reduced that down to on a run rate, ex excluding extraordinary items, uh, to about $13,000, $14,000 a day. So the company is profitable in even a very weak market uh, environment. Um, and the other question is that whether we're bullish on the spot rates for 2022, um, the answer is we're very bullish. And uh, when we see peaks in the forward rates, we will continue doing the hedging strategy that we have successfully implemented since the second half of 2021. So obviously when we see um, any rate starting with a three, <laughs> that's 31 or 32,000 like we have done already on our period fixtures, we'll continue doing that. Um, uh, however, uh, from Q2 onwards, as I just mentioned, we expect to see a big improvement uh, in the market. Uh, and I think that this is gonna be beneficial to our cash flow and to our shareholders uh, so far. Um, I don't really see any other questions right now. I don't know if uh, Nicholas or his team want to have any additional questions. Nicholas? Stamati, actually, you have answered uh, nearly all of the questions and you had an avalanche of questions. And uh, we, I told Eleni that we should continue. Uh, we exceeded our time given the strong interest. Uh, of attendance and, and questions. So maybe at this point, uh, I can turn it back to you for closing remarks. Of course, once again, I want to congratulate uh, my team and to thank you, uh, Nicolas, for hosting uh, this uh, great event. Um, once again, I think that Synergy is an optimum position to benefit from a strong market and we represent a great opportunity for investors um, in 2022 and the following years. That being said, once again, a big thanks to you and uh, everyone attending today's uh, webinar and look forward to catching up again in the future. Thank you. Thank you very much. And as a closing reminder, the uh, webinar will be available for replay. So we hope that uh, more people will come and uh, access it uh, as it usually happens. Thank you, Stamatis, Christos and Stavros and to all of our attendees. Thank you very much.